If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. This is The Change Physician, episode 256. Welcome back to The Change Physician. I'm Melissa Cady, the Challenge Doctor, with my co-host from the West Coast, Dr. Kevin Kikaro, for uh, a conversation on, can we be more fun or how can we be more fun? (laughs) We decided to just start off with something about being more fun, and we just paused and looked at each other and like, yeah, let's just start an episode. So um, I think that's the dilemma. You know, you think about podcasts out there, and you're either being educated entertained you know those are like the top two things and or or educated and entertained edutainment yes Uh, and so it's some combination usually that's probably what people want the most if they can learn but have a good time at the same time um and i think this all came about because they're talking about introverted versus extroverted and topics no actually you specifically said as well we're asking like what would you talk about if someone said you know talk about something interesting what would you talk about yeah. And then you were pushing me and you were like, well, what would you say at like a dinner party or something? And I was like, I don't know, because I, most of the stuff I find super boring. And <laughs> um, you're like, well, maybe we need to be more fun. Right. So <laughs> and, and so, I, I think that becomes that is a, that, that is a dilemma. Right. I think um, you're like, I crave interesting conversation. Yeah. I think, and that's I think is an issue. Mm-hmm. And as you start learning and learning more to have an interesting conversation becomes more difficult, particularly if you have not the good mindset. Like um, like one of the strengths of my wife is she's curious. Like mm-hmm. we will go out with people and she, um, not necessarily, I want to say like, it sounds like interrogating, but she just gets very interested in what they have to say. Right. And she'll learn all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just be very open to being curious where I am not nearly as open and um, I hate small talk. Like I, and I know what the point of it is, but man, I just, I, like, I don't care. Like I barely care about sports. There's a little bit, sometimes I'll might be interested in like right now there's this PAC 12 issue with all those traders that are leaving and, uh, and we hate them all because the beavers are the best and they still stayed strong. But, um, Anyway, I, I, but I don't want to talk about that. And I don't really necessarily like, oh, well, how is the weather? I'm like, the weather is outside and I don't really, <laughs> you know, it's hot. Oh, yay, whatever. But, but interesting conversation to me is, is more full philosophical discussion. I'm really interested in, um, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm interested in neuroscience. I'm interested in how, how the brain activates. I'm kind of interested in how we construct our realities. And there's not a lot of people that are interested in that, or at least have, or at least are interested in such a way that we can have like a meaningful conversation, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so yeah. it becomes very challenging. Um, and then I don't, I, I, you know, for hobbies and things like I don't, I don't really drink a lot. Um, I'm not a, I mean, I've been into wine at one time and I'm not really, cause I don't drink it anymore. And yeah. I don't know. So then you're like, well, what the hell do you talk about? <laughs> I don't know. What do you talk about when you go out with people? Um, you know what I, I've noticed is I I tend to surround myself with other people who tend to be really funny. 
it takes i think it takes and i don't i wasn't like cognitively doing this like i didn't seek out i need to go find a fun person i think many humans are naturally gravitating towards people like that my husband it is extremely funny and can be a lot of fun to be around and um so it in surprise surprise and marrying him um it obviously helps that he loves me um and so <laughs> it's mutual but we're very much yin yang um i'm spock he's kirk um so it's at least that's our yin yang description um but i kind of follow the lead of a lot of people who are funny I, i'm really good i i feel like i have a really good sense of humor and so it doesn't mean i'm necessarily making other people laugh um if i make people laugh it's because i'm goofy or i'm kind of a weird combination of nerdy trying to like play on words and that kind of stuff but not because i'm genuinely the storyteller in fact um if my husband and i were you know had to save our lives by having a good story it would not be me doing it <laughs> so um my husband would definitely be the storyteller uh he's just uh he's got a natural knack for it um and it doesn't even it's not even like a it, it almost just exudes out of like it's not overthought it just kind of is part of his personality um i think if i try i'm, I'm trying too hard and it just doesn't come out as genuine um as he you know does it but um i think that when you have a, f a couple people like that in an environment, even if there's some people that are a little introverted, I mean, there's an extroverted part of me for sure, but um, it's easier for that to flow and you bounce off each other and it just kind of becomes a really organic process. But um, I consider myself and you, we're very much have a, a big introverted part of ourselves. And so I think we both, I enjoy meaningful conversations too. I used to have extreme social phobia and anxiety about being around big groups of people and me being a focus of attention. It, I would start overthinking the words coming out of my mouth, which is ironic because professionally, I really enjoy and feel very comfortable and have a lot of confidence in doing presentation. I still get nervous just like anyone else, but I feel compelled that there's so much more meaning behind what I'm trying to offer the world. Like I'm serving, I'm, I feel like that's the priority so I can overcome those social fears. Um, and sometimes I can play off stuff and I can make the, the audience laugh occasionally, but I wouldn't say that I'm like the funnest person to be around per se when I'm in work mode. Cause I'm, I take things so seriously. Sometimes it's hard for me to like, relax because I'm, I, I take my job so seriously, I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, and it's really, you know, my husband and I have had this conversation. It's like most, many people out there don't really truly know me because I don't, um, open up in the way where people, it's like, they have a hard time understanding me because I can be so robotic in what I'm doing and just take care of business and not be emotional about it that it's hard for a lot of people that are not like that to relate to me. So um, I'm going down a tangent from what you asked because it's those actually those meaningful small conversations with people that are out of the work environment that help people connect with me. And then it becomes easier to have fun with those people. So I don't know if that all makes sense. 
Um, but just to walk in a room and be the, the life of the party and fun, like that's just not usually how it works with me. Well, and I, I, particularly, how could we be more fun? I, I was just kind of think about that because you basically what you're saying is, um, you, the, the, you need a more small, intimate setting to get to know the people before you open up and have more fun. Well, I think or, it just, it's just people. I think when people feel more like at ease with you, more relaxed, that organic, like fun and stuff can happen more easily. But if you walk into an air of like, like seriousness, I think, you know, unless it's just your natural inclination to be like the clown or be funny or whatever, it's, it's hard for that to develop from people that are not always like that. Um, it's where you're feel safe, like you said, in other conversations and comfortable and that stuff can happen more easily. Um, obviously funny things that just happen in front of you and you react to that's different, but you know, to be more fun in general, I need to be out of the work environment. <laughs> that's one thing I know for sure. Um, but to be more fun in, in this, um, you know, I, I honestly think that we intersperse occasionally some funny stuff, just just naturally between us because we're you know we've been working with each other for several years already in this podcast but i think a lot of people in the change physician community or someone just passing by they want to relate to us and understand i feel like they're heard and that we get their challenges or issues or maybe we're talking about stuff that no one is really talking about or they're not comfortable or they never really put it into words and i've talked to someone recently i didn't realize how much she was listening to our podcast and says she really enjoys our conversations and so i think it really i feel the value in our, our podcast is more from a um inspiration uh, maybe a little bit of education but just um, kind of some vindication or acknowledgement of of the struggles that other physicians, you know, have, um, and not feeling alone. So that's what I I feel like. So yeah, I think I mean I'd love to be more fun, but I can't really change who I am. And you know, do you have any words of wisdom there? How to be more fun. <laughs> Well, you're asking me, I'm going to throw it back at you. Well, I guess what I got out of what you're talking about is really is that on the podcast, we, we keep it real. And so maybe <laughs> that's why people listen and, yeah. uh, and it, not, not necessarily on the topic of, of how to, how to make it more fun or whatever, but from a podcast standpoint, I do think we, we don't tend to sugarcoat things. I don't think. No. And we try to try to be much more realistic. I'm not sure if any of that is super, super fun. Maybe we take the fun out of things by just telling the truth. Um, no suspense. <laughs> no, no, no suspense. But I'd be, you know, I, I, from a fun standpoint on how to be more fun, I think it's, uh, you mentioned there's certain people that come in and can be almost like this nexus of conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to realize whether or not you are that nexus or next eye, mm -hmm. nexus, next eye, whatever. Um, I am not a nexus. I don't think maybe, I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious because what we perceive ourselves to be may be completely different than what other people perceive us to be. But I can think off the top of my head, some of my friends that were very much this kind of nexus and they were, and, and they were people that, um, that sort of 
built the room. And I almost picture like them as being this node that all these little things would come out of. And I always did better with a good next eye. (laughs) When I was in college, there were certain people that if you went out with them, you're, you're probably going to have a good time um, because the dynamic was different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think for, from how to be more fun is being able to exit your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I think some of the hardest time is in a mixed group where there's people I know and people I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I think it's almost better when if everybody doesn't know each other. Yeah. I actually like that a lot more than anything, unless it's a close group of, you know, unless it's people that I do know and we have like a close group. I, I, I like the extremes. I want everybody not to know each other. Or I want to be in a group of people that I can actually sit down and have a conversation with and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And um, that I think is, is, is more fun. And the reason I, I kind of wonder about that group of when people don't know anybody, there's literally no expectations. Mm-hmm. And so nobody knows who you are. You're not carrying any baggage. You don't know who they are. And it just becomes, it's very, it's very freeing. I don't know if. Yeah. If anybody has never done this, like literally you, you go to an event, not a medical event, because those usually suck and they're boring, yeah. and talks. <laughs> but if you go to something else, like, uh, again, these are mostly like these kind of businessy ones where they're up uh, a conference and they have speakers and whatever, and you don't know anybody and you go to, and everybody's there actually wanting to meet. So the environment is different. Yeah. And that is super fun. I still have communication with people I've met at conferences 10 years ago. And um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I find that to be fun. I'd love to see that to be, you know, increasing fun. How do you do that on a normal day-to-day basis? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Like how do people, how do people construct environments where they can have this connectivity and fun with others in a, not, it may not be possible on a day-to-day basis, but how do you do it long-term mm-hmm. when, you know, the, whatever job you're in, we tend to be physicists kind of get isolated, uh, you know, rather than, you know, we have our own little practice groups and things. Um, there is sort of this lack of connection in a lot of things. You know, how do we, how, how do you kind of foster that? And I would be very curious if there's a listener out there that has a good tool set for it. You know, what was your, I have an answer to this. So I'm just going to answer it. I'm going to ask you first, but I, I know I have my own for this is what was your favorite practice environment in, or your favorite work environment that you ever worked in? Academics. When you were in residency or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I felt uh, well, and I was fresh out too. It just gave you an opportunity to like have all the dynamics of working and learning as a team versus in a solo isolated situation like in private practice today like I feel like your brain is always like you're always constantly keeping it up to date versus like getting down to the minimal needs of what you need to know so yeah I just felt like teamwork felt like a team thing like sports and you know has like in the trenches together it just really builds connection a lot tighter yeah, it's funny you said that because the first thing when you when you're saying the teamwork, that was the reason I went into anesthesia. One of the reasons I went into anesthesia mm-hmm. is I was coming off my um, internal medicine months as a third year, and I hated it like with a passion. 
and ended up in the OR and loved it because it seemed like a dance and there seemed to be like collegiality. Now, granted, that's not always the case, particularly in a private practice setting. But at the time, I found it very attractive. But without a doubt, my favorite practice environment that I've ever been in, in fact, it's, I, I, it was the favorite place I've ever worked was in the Navy. And our uh, the clinic that we had in the Navy, um, this was the pain clinic there. And there was a number of us, it, they were just the best, like uh, they were almost all guys. There was one um, senior captain and she wasn't there as much as we were. And, uh, but it, man, it was just like, kind of, and I, I think what made it so much fun is that we, we could, we could interplay and joke off of each other. It was, it was just like being, this is going to sound horrible too. It's like, it's like, like living in the dorms with, you know, your, your good friends, like, because in the dorms, it's, you know, you get your first time to step a lot out of time and around each other. people and you're spending your time. And um, it was just fun, man. I just, we had the the office, we all were in the same office. So they had the three or four computers set up. So you would go and see your patients, but come back, but there was an, there was no walls. And so we would literally talk back and forth, you know, bitch and complain or say this or that, or, you know, whatever. And it was, um, it was just the best. Like it was yeah. the absolute best. And I, and I say that as it's a weird thing because I work from home, hundred percent remote. It's just me. I um, love being able to work from home, you know, being just me, but I absolutely hundred percent miss that camaraderie. You know, yeah, I do too. I think at this stage in my life, I'm not sure if I would ever still want to drive someplace and have to be in an office when I can commute 10 feet. But, uh, Man, it was it was those kind of those are the kind of environments I like. Is you're with people, and you again you you have a relationship with them in such a way where you feel safe, and you can then have these conversations. We had some pretty some killer conversations. I have to say, uh, I learned a ton at that job about all sorts of stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're, I'm a little off topic on how to be more fun, but I just, <laughs> that's a place I had a lot of fun when I was in practice. Yeah. Well, you know, what made, I wrote some notes down. I mean, there's a commonality you all have and what you're pursuing and doing that, that helps. And you have frequency um, and there's a lot of learning going on in that environment. And I was just thinking about, you know, your wife enjoying learning about people and, and the thing that, um, it's when you think about travel meeting new people there's all this like novelty there's and there's learning going on but in a different kind of learning not your you know science and talking about neuroscience stuff like that but you're learning about you know you're seeing new things you're meeting new people and these people have stories and it it's always fascinating to learn these new stories if you're curious like your wife is and you never know when those people could become great long-term connections too, but there's the novelty, the learning, there's excitement with all of that. And when you can put it in an environment where there's repetition and frequency, and then you have a common thread, maybe you're you know, a mother and you have another person's the mother, like you never know what that common thread might be, or maybe your values and, and things you learn over time from being around these people. Initially, it is uncomfortable in a new environment because you don't know anybody, but you have to be curious enough or have enough will to put yourself in that discomfort temporarily 
to acknowledge that there are going to be these benefits a lot of times when you start connecting as people feel more comfortable and they see you more and then eventually you have those small talk conversations and then boom, there might be a new friendship there. And we had talked on the Saturday salutations recently about I was going to go pursue maybe doing some dancing uh, in these classes, kind of like a workout class, but it's just dancing. And I think to myself, that's how the, that's one of those steps that helps with tying yourself to another community that you may or may not fit well in. You don't know until you do it. And all these different people from different walks of life are going to be there. And it's not going to be just all medical people. So this is a perfect example of, you know, you're learning novel new dance moves each time, novel new people each time. You're doing the thing you actually say you love doing, but you're not doing because you don't go to the, you know, the clubs at night anymore in downtown. Like you've got to create in a different environment. So um, as much as you like, especially post pandemic, there's a tendency for people to just withdraw and like they've gotten the routines of being at home and not being around people. Um, I want to rebranch. And so I think for people that want to have more fun, you, you know, I'm, I'm not the expert at it, but I would say I have struggled with, you know, recreating or re, you know, living some hobbies or creating new ones at times. Um, but you have to, you have to like go out there and explore and you've got to put yourself in a, a learning or novel environment with new people. Um, and if you are really introverted and you want to, you know, expand yourself a little bit, find, you know, you can find an art thing. You can go paint and you can kind of introvert yourself a little bit there, but you're surrounded by people, but you're they're not expecting you to talk to everyone. But spontaneously, organically, things can happen. You might hit off a conversation with one person. Um, so anyway, that that would be my you know, when you think about being more fun or having more fun, I guess that's the question, but you have to, you have to create, I mean, being fun by yourself, I guess that's keeping yourself occupied, but it really requires connections and people. So you're going to have to find a place to, you know, get comfortable with other people so that you can have more fun. And where there's not a lot of stress, (laughs) I mean, that's that's what I can think of. What are you making little faces for? Well, I, I was just thinking about that, like having fun by yourself versus with other people. I can and always I, have fun by myself. Yeah, you know, because I, I was thinking like, sometimes I have my, I have, I, I entertain myself quite good, you know, and I'm, uh, <laughs> I think we think we're funny, right? Yeah, so of course we think we're funny. And um, I don't know, I'm just like doing weird stuff. But the difference is when having fun by yourself I think is I always want to have the need then to share it with somebody. And when you don't have, you don't have anybody to share it with or whatever you're having fun with, nobody's interested with, then it doesn't seem quite as fun anymore as compared to a group. But I, I it just made me think about that for a while. Cause you were like, Oh yeah, I don't know if we can have fun by ourselves as much. And like, I have fun by myself, but when you'd have something I'm like, okay, let's say you were a fisher or a fisherman and you love to go out fishing and that can be very solitary and you go out fishing and then you have a really great time fishing. Mm-hmm. I think most people are going to want to come home and tell somebody about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, but I think so. Well, Um, even if you don't, if you want to go have that fun by yourself, there's a really important part to that. You're intentional and you're scheduling it. Well, you're intentional and scheduling, but you're still by yourself. What I'm kind of wondering is if when we have fun, do we have, is the need to share in there as well? 
I feel like I have a need to share. Like, I, I think that's one of the things I would be missing is if I'm doing something fun and I'm done with myself and, and then maybe no really, nobody asks about it or no, and I, or I initiate a conversation and people aren't as interested in that. I think that, um, I think I like the sharing aspect would make it more fun. So I'm, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of people that never share and they're fine with that, but I know I it is kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm, cause I'm, maybe they're, I'm, I'm like an technically an ambivert. So I'm kind of wondering if that has something to do with wanting to share that aspect. You see, this is how my brain works. People is then I start doing these questions and I'm wondering, wondering the first thing I want to do is like, what's the difference on how the need to share and what's the, not the need to share. And what is there any, is the psychological data on that? And what kind of, kind of core thing on that is it looks like because, you're reliving it. Well, or there, if there's a fundamental need to share, why is that? Like, why, why would we need to share if the experience in and of itself is satisfying? Maybe you're curious if other people are interested or like the same thing, or is it just to make yourself feel better? You did something important. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe there's some importance thing. Maybe the ego. Maybe it's an ego. So maybe my need to feel like I'm sharing something is totally ego. <laughs> If anyone be. wants to chime in, feel free to leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just dissecting out fun, uh, which probably makes fun. it less fun. But um, but I think all of us can agree that we all want to have fun, and if we're in the drudgery and 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 of the routine, the monotonous, it can really steal away our energy um, from our relationships, from our quality of life, um, you know, all those things. So I think. I think it's really important that we need to have, speaking of which, we always talk about pain stuff. I feel like learning to have fun, creating fun, being part of fun, like it's really, really, really important um, to help with people having, I would call it wellness. I mean, laughing and having a good time with people and great connections. We know how incredibly important that is. In fact, this is one of the last things I wanted to bring up is that I think Netflix came out with some blue zones docuseries. Did you see that? Oh yeah. 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 I saw the advertising for it. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, Corey and I, Corey had already saved it before I told him about it. And so we're going to watch it at some point. So maybe we should report on that once we uh, watch it. Yeah. It'll, I mean, we've talked about blue zones before, um, yep, but there might be something in there that, well, I think it's I, I it will just before on on a um, salut one of our Saturday salutations, which you can, when we do the live Facebooks, we we're talking about um, common themes, right? And I and I think that's one of the things about about any of this stuff is there's 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 probably some simplicity to having fun that it gets over complexified, like, mm -hmm. and some people are like, well, "What are you talking about fun for?" You just have fun. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, sometimes you just don't have fun. Or maybe you kind of move to a place where you lost where that little fun thing is. Yeah. Um, but usually they're kind of like simple things. Like in your kid, like riding a bike. That was fun. Uh, yeah. Playing hide and seek. That was fun. Actually, it'd probably be fun now. In fact, if we should do... <laughs> Like I, you know, I, I was my my adult uh, hide and seek. <laughs> oh my god! You know, I um, there there were some groups. I I, got, I feel like this was actually happening here, because my son started doing um. They were playing some of these hide and seek games. My son's in college, and they were these, you know, with all these things they organize groups or whatever, and like, and they're kind of hide and seek variants, like infected, where it's like a tag game, and you turn, you know, and then everybody's zombie running around, and everything like that. But um, 
I swear, I, I'm almost positive. I saw like some post about like adults who are doing this, like to play, like literally tag and, and these things that we used to do as kids. Yeah. Why didn't I do that? That would have been, well, you know, I think actually because they were like in their twenties or early thirties. I'm like, they probably don't want some 50 year old guy coming out and say, Oh, I want to play. <laughs> sardines. <laughs> sardines was the best. Oh my God. We used to have so much fun playing sardines. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe when, as we get older, some of those simple pleasures, we need to be back, being back more. Uh, yeah. Who says well, you can't play sardines when you're 50? Jeez. Well, who says, you know, a uh, husband and wife that don't have children can't go do all the, you know, watch the children's movies and children, you know, stuff out there. Like, oh yeah. If you can sing frozen, you should be able to sing frozen just, just <laughs> as much as anybody else. You yeah, know? I don't know about that. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about a lot of the, like even like animal park stuff, like we're like the only ones that are like not there with, you know, don't have kids. You know, a lot of these times we travel, we go to a lot of these, you know, zoos and other things. Oh. And it's just, it's just keeps you in touch with some, you know, I don't know, things that make you smile and make you appreciate things. And, and I just freaking love, especially little marmoset monkeys and have them all run all over you. I mean, it's just so damn cool. Um, so yeah, speaking of which, I think that picture right there, I got a marmoset monkey on my head. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you can even see that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Tasmanian devil on my marmoset monkey. And then, uh, oh God, what was the name of that little um, bear looking thing? Bear like cat. a red panda kind of red thing. Red panda, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, I was yeah. just thinking of, we talked about having like a, our own change position event. I'm like, we can have a change position event and we can have adult games like tag, hide and seek, animal uh, encounters, animal <laughs> encounters. <laughs> <laughs> of the best kind. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. Of the yeah. whole, we can, you know, there could be the shark tank and then there could be the marmoset, whatever, or the butterfly yeah. room. I don't know. But yeah, it'd be fun. Hey, you know. You don't need to worry about kids running around and all that stuff, but yeah. Well, cool. Well, any last uh, comments before you take us out? Well, not a whole lot. Cause I'm not exactly sure what we sure we've covered here accomplished. And accomplished or, or figured out, but um, what are your strategies for fun? Whoever you are, how have you maintained having fun as you get older? Are there any hints or strategies that you would want to spread for those of us who seem to be deficient in the fun gene? Um, you can always, Email me directly at Dr. Kevin at the at the changephysician.com. I if I'll share them if you want me to share them, but if you just have something <laughs> specific, you know, let me know. I could use it. Uh, and until next time, stay well. <laughs> Thank care. you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.